0: ladies thank you for being leaders in your Bible study groups. get your green highlighter and green pen so that you can underline some important statements and make notes to help you lead ladies in a meaningful discussion of God's Word let's delight in studying and sharing the precious words of the Lord to us This is the Leader's Guide for Justice and Mercy. This is the last Leader's Guide for the workbook, I'm going over lesson 24 and 25. Both of these lessons will be a lot of um, reaction, and summary, and discussion. So I hope that the ladies, you'll be able to encourage the ladies throughout your group to share i'll be i'll be telling you to do that but um, you might even set the stage for that at the very beginning so on page 117 here's what i've got (laughs) we've had good news and bad news and now the best news of all leaders i think that maybe you might want to read a lot of that opening paragraph um, in italics just to um, stir up everybody's memory of what this is about. And it's a review of Micah, but also where um, hopefully it's going to lead ladies to praise God as we're talking about these last three verses of Micah. So, I have highlighted and underlined, Micah has responded passionately to the message of the Lord. He's grieved over the sin. He's felt the pain of God's judgment. He's celebrated the hope of the restoration of Israel and the hope of the kingdom to come under Jesus. And That's what we've been seeing through the book. Now, at the very end, there is more passion and extravagant expression. I've written that in. Uh, Passion and extravagant expression. Micah, as Micah speaks his final amazing promise from the Lord, he shows that he is overwhelmed and delighted at God's character and his covenant. Um, So... I hope that we will have this same sense of awe and adoration of our God as we talk through these verses. You were to read and enjoy Micah 7, 18 through 20. And I'm not going to ask you to read the question, I mean, read the verses because they will be hopefully saying them as they answer this question. So open this up to the group. I would It would be great if everybody would share, and some of them will have the same verse, and so even when they open their mouth, they'll say, I had the same thing she had. But what is the most meaningful word, phrase, or verse to you in this passage? And leaders, um, I I, I try to get the ladies to talk and share theirs before you share yours, but somewhere in there you should share what yours is. So here's what I said. Um, How do you pick just one? And it all brings tears of deep thankfulness and relief and joy and amazement to me. So I'm reacting before I even answered the question. So um when I finally decided I'll choose just one thing, one phrase, I chose the first question. Who is a God like you? Because everything else follows and depends on that, that He is God alone. Skip to the next not the first Satalasai's paragraph, but the next one. And I think just read the whole thing. The prophet who loves wordplay takes one more opportunity to catch his listeners and readers' attention with a startling rhetorical question. Micah's name is an abbreviated form of Mikayahu <laughs> Micayahu. Meaning who is like Yahweh. It might be Mikayahu. That sounds kind of cool. Mikayahu. Sometimes the emphasis in a Hebrew word is on the very last syllable. Sometimes. But when there are a lot of syllables, I'm not sure exactly how to work that out. Um, Who is like the Lord? No one is. So, the exercise was to consider the actions of the Lord. And with praise to God, note his corresponding character. So... Let's think about that. Sorry, I wrote a note into myself and I skipped it, so I'm just going to skip that note. Um, we'll, we'll move to page 118. And ladies may have answered these questions and responded and reacted in a variety of ways. There are not wrong answers here. If they, um, like, with praise to God, note His corresponding character. So they may have been in praise, or they may have just written one word. Because I know I gave an example. Um, so leaders, read the phrase, um, the verse, and the phrase, and then ask them, "What's the character of God here? How did you respond to this?" So Micah seven eighteen you forgive sin, or you could say God forgives sin if you don't want to say you, because we were kind of in prayer mode working through this page. And again, we'd love to hear from more than one person in each one of these. We're not looking for just one specific answer. This This is a response and a praise to God, even as we are looking at and considering the specifics of his character. So God forgives sin. And I said, thank you for your character and attributes that make you a forgiving God. Um, your love, your justice, and, um, and that you are patient. That was coming to my mind. So I wanted to write more than what was already on the page. Um, I also noted here that with God's forgiveness, his justice has Punished my sin on the cross, and that made a way. That's how part of how his forgiveness works is that he carried out his justice, and and he can forgive because uh, justice, his justice, has been satisfied. For Micah, the next phrase, in Micah seven eighteen, God pardons the rebellion of those who remain among his people. And I was thinking about all those things, rebellion. Um, so I wrote in response to God, praising him, you are the lawgiver, and so my actions are direct rebellion against your law. So he's a lawgiver, that was one of the characteristics. And then I said you are wise, because he's as the one who makes the law. And you are good, because the law is good and for my good. And I continued saying, you are kind and generous to pardon me in Christ. And there's nothing I can do to add to the pardon freely given. So the main thing that I looked at, obviously, in those were the two words, rebellion and pardon. But it was uh, pretty neat to think about the pardon that God has given. And we know that our salvation does not require works from us, but just kind of processing all that. Added to, uh, like, you know, there's nothing I can do to add to the pardon of rebellion that God has freely given in Christ. In the next phrase, God does not remain angry forever. I said, thank you. I did note that he is a God of wrath. He is a God of anger towards sin. And he does not remain angry forever. He is true and faithful To his word, he does act in anger towards sin. Um, He is just, and he takes vengeance on sin. Um, But he, these are just the thoughts that I had. (laughs) He deals with it and finishes the work of wrath and gives forgiveness. So I was just thinking about all that, like not remaining angry. And my last phrase there was that he does not hold a grudge like that is all of that is so wonderful the next phrase we're still looking at what we learned from micah seven eighteen is that god delights in showing loyal love so here we have such uh, a beautiful phrase statement truth um, and god delights just look at that statement. That's an emotional thing. It's a thing of joy. He takes joy and enjoys. He loves showing loyal love, and that loyal love is Hesed. It is the uh, shows up as the word mercy in some translations, or loving kindness maybe. Um. So he is a God who loves. Hesed does show the or include the agape love that God has. This is love. So he he's um an emotional feeling God, and that's the delight part, and then he is a God who actually loves in action. That's the loyal love part, and there's this loyal aspect of Hesed. It is uh, his faithfulness, his covenant-keeping character. Um, okay, the next one, Micah seven nineteen is he is a God who will once again have mercy on us. This word mercy is the Hebrew word raham. I'm just letting you know it's different from the loyal love just for inquiring minds. Um, mercy, this is a compassion kind of thing. Um, and I know that wasn't in the book, and that so their answers are not going to be dependent on that. So don't say anything about those until they've had a chance to talk about their reaction to the phrase that's on the page, because I don't want them to feel like they've said anything wrong, because they didn't, they they won't. Okay, so God will once again have mercy on us. He will once again that prompted me to say that God has a plan. He makes a promise and then there's just the fact he does show mercy, He's a merciful God. Um, he has a plan. He will once again do it. so he's being patient now and waiting for his timing when he will do this. And then the whole thing just let the last thing I put there was that he's kind. In the next phrase, God will conquer our evil deeds. Um, I said, I praise you that in your greatness and power, you overcome evil. So I kind of fixed my thoughts on that word conquer um, and said, you are victorious, you are powerful. Your actions are bigger, greater, stronger than all evil. And hallelujah for that. So he is victorious. In the next one. I love this phrase, um, and I will talk about it in my lecture. God will hurl all our sins into the depths of the sea. So I will talk about that word hurl, cast, throw, and um, the ceremony that the Jews do. And they do read this on Yom Kippur. Um, They actually have a ceremony before Yom Kippur, 10 days before on Rosh Hashanah, the new year, and they, well, I guess if they, some Jewish synagogues, congregations would go to a body of water or the ocean and throw breadcrumbs or something into the ocean. Okay, so I really loved the word hurl because, I mean, you can just picture that, and it is casting throwing powerfully with determination sending our sins as far away as as he can throw them and get rid of them and then they go to the depths of the sea they sink down so i just said thank you you get rid of sin and his forgiveness does this and uh, this is grace and mercy and love and it's all for relationship and fellowship with us in the last one, Micah 7.20, God will be loyal to Jacob and extend his loyal love, and that's Hesed again, to Abraham, which he promised on oath to the ancestors in ancient times. So I was just looking at that loyalty and the promise and the, the time here. So I said, God, you are faithful, trustworthy. You are a promise keeper. You have a plan. I said he is eternal because he doesn't run out of time to keep his promise. He he made this promise in ancient times and the fulfillment is still future and he's got he's got all the time. He's wise with his timing, he's generous and good. So those were my comments. <laughs> in reaction to those verses and truths about the Lord. And then a little bit of summary, which is going to give us transition to the next page. Um, I've circled the word, everything. Everything that God does, He does because He desires a personal relationship with us. And that has to be on His terms. And He made a way for that. So you go into the top of page 119. There is only one way to have a relationship with God. What do the following verses tell you? So what does John 14, 6 say? And ladies probably, you know, wrote the verses out so you could call on people or just, you know, give, just open it up. And if they've been quiet, but surely they won't have been quiet. I hope they will have been talking in these review and um, praise questions we've had. Okay, John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts four twelve says, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. In Acts 13, 38, and 39, it doesn't have Jesus' name there. It's way back in some earlier verses, but this is about Jesus. Through this man, Forgiveness of sins is proclaimed. Everyone who believes in him is justified through him from everything that you could not be justified from through the law of Moses. All of my verses are in the CSB translation, so you may have had, I mean, it may come out a little differently from other translations. 1 Peter 3.18, Christ, the Messiah, suffered for sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. So that's how God worked out, carried out, tangibly. Uh, wow. His promises that he made in Micah, he made the way through Jesus and that way is open. So the next question is considering the greatness of God's salvation. And just ask if anyone would like to share about how they answered that question, um, their reflection on the greatness of God's salvation. Give a minute, Let you know. pause, let it be quiet enough for a second for people to read their answer and decide if they want to share what they wrote. And then if nobody says anything, then you should be prepared to share what you had to say. And my first word is hallelujah. And just reflecting on the joy of salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you for your sacrifice. That was the worst pain, suffering, grossness, darkness, and separation and death ever. And just... And was considering what Jesus endured, and as we have handled and thought about the word justice, and we've seen the injustice of sin and injustice against people on earth, uh, I have um, realized that Jesus and God, each in their own way, bore the greatest injustice. I mean, Jesus on the cross bore the greatest injustice of all time. Nothing compares to that. And whenever anyone sins against God, that is just complete injustice against God because he deserves complete obedience and worship. I know I went off from the salvation, but I was rejoicing in salvation before I continued with those thoughts of injustice. Okay, at the bottom of this page, it says, Every year on the Jewish Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Micah 7, 18 through 20, is read with the other afternoon scripture readings. And wow, Micah, I've circled Micah's name there. Micah is still speaking to Jews today with this statement about God's forgiveness. Wow. We looked at Romans eleven twenty five 25 through 32 that is connected to um, the idea of the forgiveness of the Jews is found or forgiveness period that's found in, in these last verses of Micah. What does Paul tell us about the hope that the nation of Israel still has even now? This is a long passage and um, I probably paraphrased, summarized a little bit, but here's how I answered. Like, what does Paul tell us? Don't be ignorant of this mystery. And that's just a very helpful beginning for me to recognize that the whole situation, that this partial hardening of the Jews is mysterious. It is. So a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and in this way all all Israel will be saved colon so this is the way all Israel will be saved and i hope you'll be hope they're thinking about the breaker coming as they say this and hear this the deliverer will come from zion he will turn godlessness away from jacob this is god's covenant with them when he takes away their sins Oh, here's some some paraphrase summary. Israel is loved because of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and God's gracious gifts and calling are irrevocable. God called, he chose, he elected his nation Israel, the people of Israel, so he's always had a remnant and he he will save Israel because he's not going to take back his gifts and calling. That they are his special chosen people. His treasured possession. And we see that some verse recently. Um, They will receive mercy. Uh, Okay. I'm turning the page. 120. And... Uh, In that italicized paragraph, there is a sentence that says, The delay in fulfillment is not a denial of fulfillment. So that's a response and a little bit of a summary to that Romans passage. And it also kind of connects to the next question, uh, because we're continuing in the Romans passage. This is the very next verse after what we've read. What was Paul's reaction to God's plan, which provides salvation for Gentiles as well as Jews? Uh, write, write out his statement from Romans eleven thirty three through thirty six. So, who loves this verse? Who wants to share this verse? Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom of the knowledge and the knowledge of God! How unsearchable His judgments and untraceable His ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor and who has ever given to God that he should be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Do you see that that verse and that praise to God and the, the marvel at the wisdom and knowledge of God and his ways is Paul's response after thinking and talking about God's plan for Israel in Romans 11:25 through 32. The mystery, the partial hardening of Israel, but then in this way, all Israel will be saved. So this is not, a, again, don't take this verse. Oh, it's, it's great standalone. It's true standalone, 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. But let's also... Rejoice in his wisdom and his unsearchable judgments and ways that are for the nation of Israel. Okay, now we have a review of all of chapter 7 briefly summarize the sections given below. So let's discuss these and let's hear from more than one person for these answers. Um, If you heard my lecture, I gave you some hints (laughs) in that towards summary of these passages, but how did they put it in their own words? What was their reaction at this point to them? Uh, Micah 7, 1 through, leaders, read the first part. Micah 7, 1 through 6, Micah is distressed because... Why is he distressed? I said the sin surrounding him and the leadership is unjust and wicked. Whatever one person says, just ask if there's anybody that wants to add to their answer. Did they say the same thing? Just say it differently? What about the next one, Micah 7-7? Micah proclaims what? We said this in the lecture several times. I hope this is now a new, very important verse. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Does anyone have any reaction to that verse now that we've been in the book of Micah and we've considered it and we've looked at the context What does that tell you about Micah? In the next one, Micah 7, 8 through 10, Israel acknowledges. What does Israel acknowledge? Her sin, that she will be punished by God and that God will bring her into the light and make her rise again. I didn't say all that in the order that it's stated, but that's um, the basics of that passage. I think there's a may oh the next one is really got a lot in it but i did not put a lot micah seven eleven through 17 micah prophesies that god will restore israel he'll bring them back um, and micah prays for the lord to shepherd his people so that is a prophesying because it's repeating what the lord has prophesied and praying for it to come about and he prophesies that the nations will be humbled I summarized. In Micah 7, 18 through 20, this is the passage that we stayed in and ta- and, and worked through um, earlier in the lesson. Micah praises God because there is no one like him who is forgiving and showing hesed and who keeps his promises and forgives. So that brings us through the end of Micah. Micah. Um, in the, of the formal studying of it and in our last lesson 25 page 121 we have just a final overview of this book I have some specific um, clues to me <laughs> notes that I would suggest that you write down so um, in the second italicized sentence with your green pen, um, write, first say this and underline, through Micah, the Lord communicated loud and clear messages of judgment for Israel's sin. And then don't say God is a God of justice right there. Then bullet point, second say, so I've made these numbers really clear for me to see. Um, Second say, Micah, the Lord announced, (laughs) Through Micah, the Lord announced magnificent promises of a just king, his reign over a glorious kingdom, and a restoration of relationship with Israel through his mercy and forgiveness. Don't say God is a God of mercy right there. So then bullet point third, say God is a God of justice and mercy. So it'll flow a lot better when you're just reading it. But I was just kind of condensing it. Um. So now let's discuss, and ladies, please share your answers as we review, look back over the book of Micah. Leaders, read the bold and the question. The book of Micah began with action from our God of justice. What is your reaction to the passage we read now that we've studied all that the Lord spoke through Micah? And um, they'll have to look at, see if they can read their writing and uh, decide how they want to share. So, here's what I had to say. In verses 1 through 5, the Lord knew why he needed to come down and judge. (laughs) It's like, now we know why after seeing everything in Micah, but the Lord already knew. And he had witnessed um, what they did. And now he is a witness speaking up of, I've seen you do this. He declared the sin. So, what's the reaction? Um, He was certainly right in what he did. His judgment was appropriate. Um, So I think that probably my reaction is his judgment was appropriate. It was deserved. Then, um, so see if there's some discussion about that. Different answers. Add to. uh, Put it in. How'd you put it in your own words? What were different reactions to that passage? And they may have... Re- I didn't comment on any of the rest of the optional reading. So depending on what they did, they may have other things to share. And you could open up for any further sharing or comments. Um, well, actually, I did. I mean, I, I did the optional reading and I did make some other comments. Like, I... I see Micah's grief with the list of the cities. And um, then in chapter 2, that whole discussion of the leader's sins just shows how perverted and unjust and wicked they were. So, all right, the next one says, we learned that Israel completely reversed the concept of justice. What did we learn about the justice of God? I know that's a big question. We spent a lot of time on the justice of God throughout the whole study, which we, sh- we should have. And that's because justice is such a huge theme in the book of Micah. What did I write here? What did we learn about the justice of God? He is the one who sets the standard. He he decides and rewards or punishes Um So he assesses whether his law is kept and he responds to it and does the right thing towards the person who has either kept it or not kept it. God has the right and he does what is right. It also, um, well, I did not put a verse here for this, but God loves justice and um, justice, the justice of God is doing what's right, and what's good for others, what's appropriate, and justice hates evil. So there's some really, my comments are really broad overviews, not specific um, details about justice, obviously. Um, what is our only source of power and ability to please the Lord, according to Micah eight, And I answered that very briefly. It's the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit indwelling us. At the top of page 122, the Lord did not leave his people hopeless. He gave incredible hope for a future of peace and prosperity. What is your favorite aspect of the future kingdom under the reign of Jesus the King? Um, so I was like, wow, everything is going to be great. And the first thing that I wrote, as to my favorite aspect after a moment of pausing and thinking about this is all people will worship and go up to the house of the Lord. What a beautiful thing. Remember the people streaming the constant flow like a river of people going up to the mountain, to the house of the Lord, to the temple. Of course, how can I not be delighted and just the fa- a favorite aspect of the future kingdom? Israel is born spiritually, and um, I don't have one favorite thing here. I have more. There is abundance and prosperity and peace, and Jesus is reigning and shepherding. So that seems like that would be the, the greatest thing, but uh, he's worthy of worship, and the world is going to be going to... Jerusalem, to Mount Zion, to worship him. Because justice was perverted in the land, God took his people to court to set things straight. What is your perspective on what the Lord requires of his people? It's good. It is so good. And it's required because of who God is. Um, What is required of us? That we do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Um, what, uh, so what the Lord requires of us is required because of who God is, and he is holy and perfect, and he's the lawgiver, he's wise, he's good for others, and he is, well, what he tells us is good for others and good for us. And I did write that what he requires of us is easy if we rely on the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not hard work, but it means that it's not our effort. We are dependent. He's given us the resource of his Holy Spirit to carry out what he requires of us. Um, Micah lamented that there was no justice in the land. There was nothing but injustice, but he could hope in the God of his salvation what is your assessment of the world around you, and for what are you hoping? The world around me is full of sin and evil. It shows how much rebellion there is against God. I'm thankful for God's grace and goodness for my life at such a time as this, meaning when I am like when we are surrounded by sin right now. I'm dependent on God's grace to, as I live as I live now, to live wisely. And I'm hoping for revival. I don't usually use that word, um, but I was just thinking like, wow. I mean, my next thing is salvation for unbelievers, and that's what revival is, and I pray for salvation. And um, I am looking forward to Jesus' rescue of us at rapture. Uh, Top of page 123. Micah's prophecy began with a focus on the justice of God, and it ends with great praise and emphasis on the mercy of God. That just is fascinating to me. It's... Wow! So how would you describe the mercy of God? Um, After a moment of thinking about this, I wrote, It's a long mercy meaning that God has planned it and he promises it and he made a way for it before the beginning of time because he had his plan with Jesus. Um, The mercy of God is abundant, never ending. It's applied to our sins, all our sins. And I ended by saying God's mercy keeps our sins at the bottom of the sea. I mean, he... Because he's merciful, he has hurled them out away and gotten rid of them. Then at the bottom of page 123, with a final review of the book of Micah, please write out the word, phrases, or verse that is most meaningful to you. I probably should have written verses because that's what I did. (laughs) Like, Which one is the most meaningful? Um, What stands out? And I've got a bunch of them. Uh, from 2, 3, two seven. do not my words do good to him who walks uprightly? Two thirteen, the breaker goes up before them. Um, in three eight and seven seven, Micah begins by saying, "But as for me," and both of those are I mean, three eight is, "But as for me, I'm filled with." I don't I haven't memorized it. Power from the spirit of the Lord. I keep trying to say that verse and I don't get it right any time I say it. But it's the Holy Spirit verse (laughs) and 7-7. But as for me, I will look to the God of my salvation. For one, I think maybe if I have to pick one, this one stands out as the one. It shall come to pass. But even just that first phrase, it shall come to pass what will come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and it shall be lifted up above the hills. Um, and while it sounds like it's about the mountain, it's about the house of the Lord and the glory of the Lord and the worship of the Lord. 6, 8, do justice. And then the last three verses, 7, 18 through 20, but the phrase he delights in steadfast love. And then he hurls all our sins into the depths of the sea. So, wow, I am thankful for the book of Micah and how God has opened up a lot of uh, very interesting discoveries, helpful discoveries, and a focus on who he is, his character. As the title of the workbook says, Justice and Mercy are the Character of God, They are justice and mercy, are the character of the Messiah who is the King. So, that crown on the cover belongs to King Jesus. And justice and mercy are the characteristics of the kingdom of God, which we represent here and now. So, they are to be our characteristics, and they will be the. overarching characteristics of the millennial kingdom, which is coming one day. Thanks again for your leadership through this book, and I hope that you have enjoyed it and have learned as much as I have. Thank you.